Jody Vance in for Mike Smith on this New Year's Eve 2021. Glad to have you along for what is a stacked program. We've had to move things around today because we do have the in-person public health briefing with Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. That's at 10 o'clock today. And for regular listeners of this program, we're like, wait, 10, that's Baldry's Beat. We need our Keith Baldry. Never fear, Keith Baldry is here. Baldry's Beat tops our show today. Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, is with us on the line. Happy New Year, Keith. Happy New Year to you, Jody, and all the listeners as well. Good to have you on. And of course, phone lines are going to be open right now for any questions for Keith Baldry. If you want to line up there, you certainly can. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 is a free call on yourself. Keith, right off the hop, what do you expect at today's 10 a.m. briefing that you will hear right here on CKNW? Nothing major, but I do think there's going to be a bit of news out of there. I think they're going to be tweaking some things. Uh, I talked to Minister Dix yesterday. I gave him heck, by the way, for bumping Baldry's beat, but he didn't seem too perturbed by that. Um, but uh, we're going to probably get an update on the booster program. Um, the people have been clamoring for changes on that. I don't think we'll get some changes, but we might get a bit of news on the booster front um, and probably a little few more tweaks on other public health measures because... Right now, uh, going through the numbers with Minister Dix yesterday, again, the two of us were struck by, in the space of one week, our positivity rate, the percentage of tests coming back positive, have basically doubled in one week, which is extraordinary. And we're seeing that in other jurisdictions as well. Um, We went from a little more than 12% positive a week ago to yesterday almost 24%, and the number continues to grow, which is why we're seeing these big case numbers, you know, know, 3,000, 4,300 plus yesterday. We'll probably be well in excess of that today. If we keep increasing the positivity, if the positivity rate keeps increasing uh, to the point of who knows where we're going, we could see, you know, we're, we're testing a maximum of 20,000 people a day. Well, we, if we get to 50%, that's 10,000 cases a day, which would just floor people. That was, the test, that was actually the positivity rate yesterday in Seattle, Jody, 50%. Wow. Ontario 50%. 50% of the testing sites. Sorry, you know what, Keith? Sorry to interrupt you. I'm not sure if it's your ear earphones or headset, but it's more difficult to hear you than typically. Are you on speakerphone or something? T- no, I'm on my landline. On your landline. Oh, the old landline. Okay, well, it was crackling a little bit there, but um, just reiterate, did you say 50% in Seattle? Five zero percent in uh, Seattle testing centers, which is extraordinary. Wow. But it's not out of line. If you look at Ontario, they're well in excess of 30%. They crossed the 14,000 mark today of cases. They were down at 300 just a few weeks ago. Uh, so Omicron is so infectious. So I think we're going to see some, some, I don't think further restrictions or measures announced today, but I think we are going to see Dr. Henry talk about the spread of Omicron uh, and perhaps why that's not necessarily a bad thing. If, if Omicron displaces Delta variant, which is putting people in hospital by far greater numbers, and leading to the fatalities of far greater people. That's a good thing. If we can get rid of Delta and replace it with Omicron, which is where we seem to be headed, that's probably more desirable than allow Delta to continue on. And I think Dr. Henry will be talking about that this morning. Okay, we'll be looking forward to that piece of the puzzle because, of course, all of us are keyed into the real-world data, the places that are ahead of us on this Omicron fifth wave. Uh, You and I both subscribe to Shane Woodford's 
um, Substack newsletter, Shane in Denmark. We had him on the program yesterday and he was talking through just the overwhelming nature of uh, Omicron within that country and the number of test case positives and and also looking at the hospitalizations. Um, Certainly something that we're all very keen to learn out of South Africa, out of places like Denmark, out of the UK and the studies that are coming uh, from those places and spaces. Is there anything new that we might hear from public health officials here on what we might expect in the weeks to come? Well, I think they're going to be talking about uh, some of the studies that have just surfaced, uh, which are somewhat encouraging. Uh, they were in a number of studies in mice and hamsters showed that Omicron was causing less severe impact on, on lung, lung capacity, which is, you know, South Africa is declaring that their wave is over. And Omicron only lasted for about five weeks in terms of uh, big numbers in South Africa. They're on the wane now. Hopefully that's a lesson um, that that will be applied to BC and Canada. On the other hand, um, I expect her to talk a little bit about concern about what's going on in Ontario and Quebec, which they seem to be going a different way. As I mentioned, uh, Ontario now... Uh, almost 1,200 hospitalizations with uh, because of COVID-19. Wow. They were down to below 400 just a few days ago. So that is surging in hospitalizations in Ontario to a lesser degree in Quebec. But Quebec has uh, been hit so hard by this, they're bringing in a curfew starting today. Right. Uh, they had a curfew early on. I think they're the only province to have a curfew, but they're bringing in another curfew. They're closing the restaurant dining room, um, dining rooms, not the restaurant itself, but so in in dining. restaurant dining, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're bringing in measures that uh, we haven't seen here, but I uh, don't necessarily again never take anything off the table. What was so much has been learned over the two years. It was yesterday that the alert went out from officials in Wuhan, China. I saw that roll by on our social media. There's a lot of activity on social media. People are very unnerved, uh, very tense, very worried moving forward. Do you think today's public health briefing will be a balance of caution? For New Year's Eve, which is a time where we technically and typically come together, hug and, you know, revel and yell and dance and sing all the things we're not allowed to do, as well as perhaps try and put some calm to to what you were referencing there is maybe we are, you know, heading towards our Omicron peak and then, you know, trying to hold our systems and and our healthcare systems, our supply chain systems and all of that together. And and the word absenteeism, talk me through this, Keith, because it it feels to me similar to when the first time I heard it was Dr. Peter Hotez in February of 2020, who was the first person to ever say to me, get used to hearing the word uh, social distancing. I'd never heard that term before, uh, February of 2020. And now absenteeism, it used to be sort of a negative connotation, right? You're, you're an absentee, you're just not showing up for whatever. But absenteeism in the, in the sort of definition of we're hearing now is, is how people are being asked to be absent if they have any signs of any illness, right? Yeah, so the advice now is uh, if you've got some of these symptoms, just consider yourself to be infected with COVID-19, with the Omicron variant and take steps accordingly, which means uh, isolating for a number of days and staying home from work. So if you look at, uh, we're approaching 5,000 cases confirmed a day, and we've always known the PCR test is not, comes nowhere close to capturing 100% of the cases. Dr. Henry, last briefing, just sort of said, well, it's probably you know four to five times uh, higher than the number we're catching in tests, which struck some people as, 
oh my goodness, you know, where did that come from? Well, it came from a, a serotology study at the UBC and the Center for Disease Control in July 2020, which estimated right. the, true, the true case number was eight times the number of, of confirmed cases through PCR testing. So you start doing the math. If we're testing positive 5,000 people a day, we could be looking at 30, 40,000 people really having, truly having the virus, which means those number of people should be off work. You start applying that absentee rate to uh, to all sorts of sectors, and you'll see what happens. We're seeing the flight cancellations in the states largely attributable to lack of flight crews because they've they're sick with uh, with the virus, not because of necessarily because of weather, although weather obviously plays a big role. You're seeing uh, airlines uh, standing down flights because of that. We're seeing other travel situations uh, you know, displacing trips and such because of, of a lack of workers. And the fear is we're going to start seeing that in healthcare, where healthcare workers have to stay home, which is one thing that might be addressed today, Jody, is this notion first came out of Quebec, is it okay for healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers who are fully vaccinated to come to work even though they may have symptoms of COVID-19? I think that's probably on the table come to BC because we don't want to lose nurses and staff out of hospitals. And that may be addressed today. Jody Vanson for Mike Smith. It is Baldry's Beat early today because typically Keith said 10 to 1030, but today it's an in-person public health briefing. And all of the emails I received in that commercial break were about, we can't hear Keith clearly enough. So testing, one, two, three, Keith Baldry, can you hear me? We changed phones. How's that? You sound so much better, my friend. Okay. Uh, first, before we get to the callers, and I see you on the phone line, 604-280-9898, star 9898 is a free call if you got a question uh, for Keith. I got this one on a DM, interestingly enough, on Twitter. I, you and I both very active on social media. This says, hi, didn't want to put my health info out there for the crazies. Husband and son are positive on rapid test. I had three days of same symptoms, and our daughter had two symptoms. Our tests were negative. It's so bizarre. I've been with my kids, a main caregiver while their dad isolated. I can't fathom a world that these tests are accurate. Jeez. Anyways, I appreciate your coverage. Keep up the good work. Feel free to use this. Just seriously can't deal with the trolls and all that you are dealing with. Happy (laughs) New Year. Uh, So somebody who's looking out for me on social media because the trolls are wild right now. It's just, it's really quite something. But getting the information out is the key here, Keith. So cutting through all of that noise, when it comes to rapid tests, reiterate the difference between a green light and a red light with a rapid test. So if a rapid test shows you test positive, you're positive. Basically, you can take that to the bank. And it's not 100% accurate all the time, but there's certainly a high degree of accuracy on the positive side. On the negative side, it is not a full um, 100% that you're negative. There are numerous examples of people who test, take a rapid test uh, two days in a row, negative, and three days are positive, and they felt symptoms yeah. all along. So the the um, positive test finding means it's a red light. You don't you stop what you're doing. You you basically accept that you've got COVID. isolate. Uh, you don't go to work. Uh, you know, they take the according steps. A, a positive, a negative test though doesn't mean you're out of the woods. It's just simply, okay, you don't, it's not showing that you have COVID, but it doesn't, it's not a definitive finding that you don't have COVID. There are many people who get negative uh, uh, rapid tests who still have COVID-19. So it's, it's a red light to stop what you're doing. It's not a green light, meaning you're back, you're, you're out of the woods, everything's fine. Um, 
so again, that that's always been the 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 problem with rapid tests. The accuracy is not as great as PCR tests. Even PCR tests are not 100% foolproof. Either. So it's uh, again that's between red lights and green lights. Uh, rapid test is not an excuse to go partying. Right. Remember that. I have more than one friend. So many people we know now have tested positive ultimately for, for COVID-19, whether it's Omicron or Delta. Hopefully it's the latter if, if it's a little bit milder, but certainly vaccines making the difference. The relief is there for the vaccinated. Uh, but so many of them were like, my first three tests were negative and then it came back positive the entire time yeah. I had symptoms. Yeah. Peter and Burnaby, you're up first. Peter, welcome to the show. What's your question for Keith? Thank you. Well, first of all, happy new year to everybody. And I have to say there's just hearing the reports on Omicron and, and the tentative positiveness is a great way to start the new year for public health. Uh, actually, a little bit optimistic to hear that China's taken it seriously, too. So that's, that's the good news. On the, on the negative side, uh, I don't know why there isn't more calling to account to road crews in the lower mainland, British Columbia Ministry of Highways, uh, sliding through, this is me personally, sliding through intersections on red lights. Um, our son-in-law tried to get out to Delta Port to work last night, was sliding all over the highway, even going out to our booster shots, uh, taking the highway, sliding around. I can't believe the lack of attention on two sunny days that has been given to our highways. Yeah, so, you know, heavy snowfalls have always been uh, have flummoxed our population, both in terms of, of driving and in terms of response. We're just not used to this type of snowfall. We get it every few years, and the usual, we do hear complaints, we weren't prepared, we're not doing t- quick enough removal of snow. It's both on the on when it comes to provincial highways, that's on the province, when it comes on to, to uh, municipal streets, that's on the municipality. And I, I think, sure enough, you could, you could have taken the bank. We were going to hear criticism of snow removal uh, lack of snow removal capability on our streets, whether it's municipal or highways. It just seems to be not an annual rite of passage, but it's certainly uh, associated with every heavy snowfall. We just aren't prepared for the amount of snow that has blanketed uh, the lower mainland over this no. last uh, couple. It just, it's not, I remember when the, uh, when the Canadian forces were called out to clear island highways back in the 90s, wasn't it? With that, that huge yep. snowfall. Let's talk 96. one briefly. It was 96. I remember that. My little Honda Accord made it through with my front wheel drive. I was so proud of that old car. 375,000 kilometers. Uh, Let's just quickly hit on the booster program. A lot of people standing by waiting for their text message invite to get that booster shot. Will we hear something more on that today, given the quarter of a million people? You and I were talking about this yesterday. Somebody actually emailed me that maybe it's all the snowbirds that are getting the uh, invites and they're just not here. Yeah, I think that same person emailed me. Um, it could be a number of people in, fall in that category, just assuming south of the border right now. I think the weather's playing a role where people just say, I can't get from A to B right now. Uh, in many communities, uh, there's not a lot of sites to get your booster sh- shot, uh, although that number is increasing uh, by the day as more and more pharmacies come online on this program. Right. So that, that the availability is going to increase. I expect at 10 o'clock today, you are going to hear uh, some, some uh, an update about our booster program. I told Mr. Yesterday, uh, Jody, by the way, I said, look, if you're with Jody, I guarantee uh, you're going to get the calls I've been getting for the and, and Jody has been getting the past week, which is people's own personal situations about their inability to get a booster dose. Um, it's Indeed. not happening in a huge number, but it's happening to, in sufficient numbers for people to, to speak out that they're not getting the booster dose when they qualify. And I think that's going to be a topic today as well. 